0: Hey, everyone, this is Joe. What kind of Mickey Mouse organization would they name their team the
1: Ducks? Hey, what's up, guys? It's Eric. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. Look, I want to help. up to save the world from some alien abductors i'm right behind you pal now michael's gonna reach new heights and bugs is gonna fall for a lucky lady named lola hot. michael jordan bugs funny space jam rated pg starts friday november 15th you're listening to worth a late fee the podcast where two former video rental clerks watch movies that they may have recommended at one time to see if they still think the film would be worth keeping an extra day or two to watch again even if it meant paying a late fee. How you doing, Joe? Not too
0: bad, Eric. Not too bad.
1: Good, good. What's going on since we haven't talked in, what, three days or something? <laughs> yeah.
0: So with my job, we, uh, we're starting to get very much into. We've been doing like a lot of uh, in the education stuff. We, Google Classroom has been a big part of it, obviously. But as of late, we've been doing a lot of live meetings now, which has been kind of fun. What see me. students. So like we actually see the students now. We go on uh, Google Meet. And we see the students in front of a video camera. So one of them oh, okay. came on the camera shirtless the other day. We did tell nice. him this is not appropriate etiquette. So to- showing off the guns. <laughs> I don't think he like realizes like you know what we call see him. And then another and then another instance two uh, students were fighting. Virtually, I'm like, okay, guys, we have to wrap this up here. Like, so it's been a learning process for all of us.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's good. I, I, I miss
0: I miss the uh, board, just like the regular tech stuff on boards, and instead of like the whole live, live yeah. feed we got going on.
1: I'm so glad I don't have to do that. <laughs> my work from home thing was like they pretty much set everything up on my computer, and then they would just like take this computer, and I I knock on wood, I'm probably just jinx it, but I haven't had any issues yet. But yeah good yeah yeah. so i the other thing i've been doing is i know i mentioned this a couple episodes ago but i've been slowly re-watching the wire and i knew because the last time i watched the wire straight through was like when it was on so like 15 years ago ish more than that and um so i i know everything that happens but i i forget a lot too like i know every character's ultimate like what happens at the end what their fate is at the end but I don't remember how everything happens in the order, so like seasons three and four are the best in my opinion, and I think most people's opinion. So, I just finished season three, and I, always, I see these debates. There's a big uh, death.
0: There's a big death in that season, right? I've never seen the show, yeah, so I'm not sure, yeah. but I hear it's a big, big death. Okay.
1: Yep. And so, I, I, I just finished season three, and I can't remember. There's kind of a debate on like, oh, it's better three or four. So I can't remember exactly what happens in four, but I have to say for it to be better than season three, it's got to be some, or even for it to be in the conversation, it's got to be some crazy stuff. That show is so good.
0: Yeah. I need to get get into that at some point. I've been, uh, I've been watching. Well, I told, talked to you last time about never have I ever. That was a super good binge, but I've been uh, watching Zoe's extraordinary playlist with uh, Peter Gallagher and I don't know the other actors are all a lot of newcomers, but really charming little show. It's about a a girl who can hear people's inner thoughts if they're song. <laughs> so it's like it's kind of like a fun take on. It's kind of like a uh, a better version of Glee, I guess. But it's okay. cool because Peter Gallagher's character, Peter Gallagher, sings in real life, and um, it's nice hearing him get to actually sing on a show because in the show he is. In a very, very, very close to being in a vegetable, vegetable state where he just doesn't talk, he doesn't move really. He just needs a lot of help. And they can never communicate with him until she, this thing happened to her and she can communicate with her father now through song and just hearing Peter Gallagher sing and dance around. Like, man, like this is, I could just watch a show if it was just him dancing for an hour and I'd be completely satisfied that. Have
1: you ever it's seen that, those clips of, um, like, not to be sad, but there'll be like someone who's in a nursing home. And they're like you said, they're a total vegetable. And then someone will either play a song or sing to them, and the person won't have like blinked for weeks. And then it'll wake, n- not wake them up, but yeah, it kind of does. It yeah. kind of wakes them up, and they start singing or humming the song.
0: Yeah, definitely. We had uh, before I worked, I still work in the same field with people with disabilities. But before I went to this job, I worked in you know uh, the fields where like we had day programs, and one of the women there. She didn't really speak. She didn't really. She not really move a whole lot either. But whenever she heard "Silent Night," it brought on all these emotions, which was really yep. interesting to see because we don't know why they brought the emotions on, why she got right. emotional, but it happened like just involuntarily. She was start crying. It was like, "It's really music, man. It's impactful."
1: It is crazy stuff. So yeah, no, that's that's good. That's 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 good. Oh, a real, you a real, real, I...
0: a real downer. We yeah, the, yeah. The <laughs>
1: Brie and I watched uh, the first episode of that the Mindy Kaling show. It is really good. It's good. I don't think I could get into it for ten episodes, but it stick does,
0: with it. The, the, it, s- it does get better.
1: Well, you know what it is? It's the age thing. It's not even Brie was like, yeah, it's kind of like more like girls, and I'm like, I know, but it's not even just that it's girls. It's the it's the the age thing. But the scene that I did love is how she has like her like smoke and hot Indian cousin living <laughs> living with them and and uh she's like they just introduced her and how like everyone only gives her attention and then they're outside having an argument or a discussion and this guy crashes his bike into the trash can cuz he's staring yes. at at, the, at her cousin i was like all right that's funny
0: no it but. has like you said it once they focus uh a little bit on the like it's obviously focus on the teens but once it gets the adult side things too it's it's good it gets it it takes a few episodes to flush out the details but it does get really good
1: so do they get to them as adults the three girls as adults or just no their parents oh, okay.
0: so her okay. parents have a bigger part later on
1: okay yeah her dad i like the thing with their dad but anyway so today it was your pick it sure was. Uh, what are, what, are we, what are we what are we what are we watching
0: we're watching the uh it's classic space jam starring michael jordan and bugs bunny <laughs>
1: And and not much else. Actually, it's pretty pretty good cast for.
0: It is, yeah. You know, like they got some pretty top players in the NBA. They got Bill Murray. They got they got a pretty good cast going on there. Dan, Danny DeVito is the voice of the uh, main villain.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh Oh, no. so, we're gonna say. Oh no, I was gonna say as far as what I'm drinking, oh, I've yes. had I've had this beer. I've seen this beer on the shelf at like local s- stores for a while, and I've always thought like. I thought I was going to sneak up on you and I thought I was going to pick space jam. That's kind of why I sent it to you. Remember like a couple weeks ago, we were talking about like what movies you could watch. And I sent you a list of movies that are available. That was one of them. And so anyway, it's, um, it's delicious. It's from Lone Pine Brewing in Maine, I believe. And it's called dream team IPA. And I've, it's delicious. So um, another, another solid, one of the better beers that we've, I've had on the show.
0: I love the cans art style.
1: Yeah, I, I shared it on Instagram. I forgot to actually save uh, my my can, so I just put a picture up of of uh, you know from from their Instagram actually. But it's so good. So you might
0: be asking, Joe, why'd you pick this film? Well, let me tell you. All right, so the big reason is because a sequel was officially announced with a release day and everything, starring LeBron James, which I'm not the biggest fan of. Both the movie aspect and as a player, but that's not the conversation. Uh, although I'm sure it's going to do great China because it's LeBron James. Yep, that's a real that's a dig. If you didn't <laughs> that. But the other reason is because Michael Jordan's new documentary series, The Last Stands, has been airing and it's been doing super well with critics and ratings. It's been really good so far. I'm not sure if you watch it, but it's a really good documentary. I series. I haven't.
1: I have every intention to. I just I've been watching The Wire and whatever but i do want to watch it because i as an athlete michael uh michael jordan someone i definitely not look up to but he's amazing so so, uh, so came out and overhead. Oh, yeah i was just
0: gonna say when it came out but do you know when it came out 96 right? 96 november 15th right before the holidays so yep. they knew what they were doing when they released yep. this film um it had a budget of 80 million and made 230.4 million in the box office.
1: Not bad. That's
0: not that's not including like the insane merchandising that went on along with this film. You couldn't escape seeing this movie wherever you went. There was toys, video games, comic books. They had punched like fast food restaurants, so it was everywhere. Yep. Produced by Ivan Reitman, which I forgot all about until seeing that in the opening credits.
1: I did too. I did too.
0: <laughs> uh, it was written by four people, which is kind of bonkers. It was directed by Joe Pickup, if I'm pronouncing that right, who only directed this film and one other called Let It Ride. Before and they did like both.
1: music videos too, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. he opened up his own production company with, uh, I don't know if it was a friend or uh, another work or whatever, but yeah, and, and, during, and he started directing his own like you know short films and music videos, like you said, with his own production company. Not bad. And 96 for film <laughs> was wild as well. So the top grossing films from 96 were... Independence Day, Twister, Mission Possible, The Rock, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, 101 Dalmatians, Ransom, The Night Professor, Jerry Maguire, and Eraser. Independence Day made 817 million. And the next the movie, number two, Twister, made 494 million. Yeah. <laughs> Almost doubled the amount of money that it made. Insane. Independence Day was huge, yeah. It was huge.
1: This is probably. <clears throat> towards my peak or like the beginning of the me going to the movies the most I think because I was 11 and 96 so this is the start of like I'd go more with my parents but then like getting into 13, 14, 15 I'd go with my friends so um, yeah no. know so it's this is kind of out of order but what do you what's your memory because you're a little bit younger than me what's your memory of this movie what do you think of when you think of Space Jam?
0: So I was already a living Tunes fan going into this I watched a lot of Cartoon Arc as a kid, and Cartoon Network, old school Cartoon Network, played a lot of like Flintstones, Jetsons, all the old Hanna-Barbera cartoons, and then Looney Tunes, then, you know, um, and I was excited to see Looney Tunes on the big screen, because I've, this was, this was a first for me at this point. I only watched it on TV, so seeing Bugs Bunny on the big screen was awesome, and when you do see it, you can see like the, clearly the animation is way better than what I'm used to, like there's shade, uh, shadowing and all that. Mm -hmm. um but as a personal first memory right when this movie was coming out my father was he doesn't really go on a lot of business trips in his old job it was like a rare thing for him but one of the moment one of the rare moments he did go on a business trip was to chicago or before this was going to be playing in theaters so when he came back he brought me back all these cool like little space jam cups uh, like these little like those crazy straws like space jam characters on them and he also brought me back the Sega Saturn game space jam so a lot of my childhood, I was playing Space Jam, which I played recently, and it has not aged very well. So,
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> not not many video games have, but I, I yeah, I don't. <laughs> um, I So I was 11 when this came out, and we kind of touched on it when we were talking about the documentary, but this movie, and, and I'm glad that we said I haven't watched the documentary yet, but this movie and then combined with the documentary that everyone's talking about and I haven't watched yet it reminds you of how much MJ was just on another level than as far as like superstar and then any other athlete of, of my life. So I think I, I was a level when this came out and it's good. Cause I think if I was like one or two years older than that, I probably wouldn't have given this a shot. And I probably didn't like talk much about watching this. I was probably at that age where I was like, ah, oh, it's a cartoon movie, but I, I, I owned it. Um, I, I saw it in theaters. I owned the VHS at the time. Um, and it was also kind of probably towards the end of the peak of my, of how much I followed the NBA. Um, just kind of when I grew up, I, when I, I used to watch all the sports and then they kind of just one by one. And i still, I'm still a casual NBA fan, but this is kind of more in my NBA fan prime era. So yeah, I, remember this movie i remember really liking it and being very into it and so yeah um commercially it did really really well like you said yeah. um r- as far as reviews it's six out of four on imd six six point four out of ten on imdb it's got a 43 on rotten tomatoes
0: yeah i was, I was actually surprised by that
1: i yeah, know like yeah. i know
0: this movie came on i6 on tomatoes wasn't really established so like all these reviews came in recently not recently but not you know not when the movie came out right um, but yeah, some of the top critics who liked it though were, you know, some pretty big players in the game. So Tom McCarthy from Variety liked it. Gene Siskel and Roger Ebert all liked it. Ebert,
1: Ebert, three point five out of four. I
0: know he really liked Loved it. I, it. I, even to like Gene Siskel, who I like, it's man, like I was surprised by the top critics that you know are so relevant in today's uh, reviewing business. You know, give it such good scores.
1: I think that I think that when, if you if you review so many movies, I I think that. Like It sounds like a dream job, especially to someone like yourself, to just be like, oh, I'm a film critic. But I think eventually it just turns into work. And I think like anything else, if you go in, this is a good example, but we've talked about other movies that are amazing and it's not even like a debate that they're amazing and critics will trash them. And I think sometimes, for if it's your job, if you have a bad morning and you go into work, you, you know, you can't, that doesn't, that affects you just like it would affect anyone else. So it's a tough it's tough to be on the record for how you felt about every movie in history pretty much, you know, cause it's like,
0: yeah. It's, and and so. you have to go into it with like, you know, maybe the film might not be for you, but you got to review it as a, you know, if, if you were, you know, if your kids want to see it or if this is good for a younger audience.
1: Right. Well, I've run into that with, even with just the like 10 movies that we've done, like the, right. there's movies that I'm like, you know, it's not my thing, but, like when we did a goofy movie, I tried to say like like I said, if I was watching this with my nephew, blah blah blah. So yeah, it's it's tough. Or or when we did when Harry met Sally, I'm I you guys I think you and Brie both gave it a five. Yeah. And I said, I was like, you know, I I love it's really good. It's a great movie, it's not my type of movie, it's a four. So yeah, it's that's tough. So other things going on in ninety-six, we've got some basket some big basketball uh things in ninety six. Shaq made his Laker in November of 96, specifically Shaq makes his Laker debut. Kobe becomes the youngest player to win an NBA or no to debut debut in the NBA wow. at 18 years, two months and 11 days, which is obviously with what's with his recent passing. It's, it's pretty crazy that that, yeah. that seems like, I don't know, but it seems like just yesterday. So uh, anything else? I got nothing else for basketball, other sports things. Jeter wins rookie of the year. Um, ho- uh, Vander Holyfield KO'd Tyson, which is you know good I, to I, see. I actually watched
0: that live. Yeah, I,
1: uh... yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Clinton was re-elected He beat Bob Dole, and the Spice Girls released their debut album. Oh, man, what a sure. time? What, what a time, yeah, what a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you gave kind of you, you, we talked a little bit about what it's about, but do you want to get the back of the DVD summary. I
0: do. A lot of our
1: uh, a lot of puns in this one.
0: Michael Jordan slams, Bugs Bunny jams, and the Looney Tunes stars hoop it up in Space Jam, the rim-rattling, round-ball romp that's one of the cleverest and funniest animation live-action capers ever made. Jokes fly as the Toon Squad takes on the Nerdlucks in a hardcore game to decide if the Looney Tunes remain here or become attractions at a far-off galactic off-ramp called Moron Mountain. The Nerdlucks have a monstrous secret weapon. They've stolen the skills of top NBA stars like Charles Barkley, and Patrick Ewing, and become Monstars. The Toon Squad's secret weapon just happens to be the finest player in this or any other universe. He's out of this world. So is the fun. Whew, what a mouthful. <laughs> All
1: right. Yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 a little bit different than, than most, uh, you know, coming into the movies, because like we said at the beginning, usually we would say like, oh, going into this, Robert De Niro is doing this and so-and-so is doing that. But the big guy coming into this is MJ. So not film-related, but I don't think we've ever had a better stretch of life other than some personal things than MJ around this time. So back-to-back-to-back to back to back champ, 91, 92, 93. This happens in 96, and then he does has a little baseball stretch. And then he does 96, 97, 98. Finals MVP, I think all of those finals are, if not five out of six, He won the NBA MVP over and over and over again. So again, not film, but he's on top of the world. And like we said, this is when you say someone's a superstar, like even not to get into like the MJ versus LeBron thing, or, you know, pick another sport. Michael Jordan was on another level in the nineties. He was, you know, obviously his shoes are still the shoes to have. He, he, you know, he was the man. He was on top of the world. So, a little bit of a gambling problem, but that's okay. You know, we all have our vices. So, that's
0: one thing. i that they're if they're gonna to touch on the documentary, on the series, if they're gonna to touch upon his gambling addiction.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: It's just like he's part. He's very, very. He's very heavily involved with this. Like I don't know if he wants to go into that, but it'd be interesting.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's been open about it in the past. There was some – I don't remember which year in the finals it was, but he said that, like, the night before one of the games or something, he lost $50,000 or or something, which, to someone like myself, who obviously doesn't make <laughs> that much money – I don't make – I make, like, a, a, a very, like, comfortable middle-class – I don't make
0: that much in a year.
1: <laughs> right, right. So <clears throat> that's, that's crazy to me that you would bet that on anything. But so other people in the movie – um, some and just kind of what they were doing. So, Bill Murray, what a decade it was for Bill, followed up on a solid 80s. So, Bill Murray, who plays you know a smaller role, but he's one of the better roles in the film. What about Bob in '91, Groundhog Day in '93, Ed Wood in '94, Kingpin in '96, which I think is so underrated yeah. by like the general public, uh, Space Jam in '96, and then Rushmore in '98, among other things. Um, pretty yeah. solid run. Him and Ivan worked together on a few of those
0: films. Going into this, yep. which is interesting, how because like I said, he, he was involved in this movie, so I wonder if that's the reason why Bill Murray came on board.
1: Ivan Reitman, I have to point it out whenever there is one. Ivan Reitman, proud, proud Canadian. You know, I'm am a proud Canadian American, and Canadians don't get enough credit. So Ivan Reitman, I'm I'm claiming him, or Canada's claiming him. So, um, Wayne Knight, who you know from Seinfeld, Jurassic Park, um, a, a million things, a lot of voice work. Uh, he's a creepy. You know, kind of chunky fellow. So he did Jurassic Park in 93 and mostly TV until this, uh, a lot of Seinfeld. Uh, And then he started Third Rock right around this time, or in 96. I don't know what time of year it was. Uh, Teresa Randall, who played Juanita Jordan, decent run for a character actress in the 90s. So she did Malcolm X in 92, Beverly Hills Cop 3 in 94. Obviously, Bad Boys, we've talked about the first one in 95, this in 96. So for a character actress, that's that's pretty good, not bad.
0: Yeah, no, this this cast is really impressive for sure.
1: <laughs> and same thing with uh, Brandon Hammond Brandon Hammond, who played young MJ, uh, Menace to Society in '93, The Fan in '96, This in '96, Mars Attacks in '96, Soul Food in '97, and then he did a ton of TV work. He did like you know one or two episodes and a lot of shows. So solid run for 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 everyone. So yeah, yep. So, um, I guess before we get into some random facts, we, we touched on it before we got on, but was there anything in this that w- we have that we always like to talk about things that wouldn't age? Well, I have a, <laughs> I just have a couple, like, uh,
0: I have, you have somebody, Sam, bring guns on the basketball court that would have flown today's society. Right. <laughs> no, I, no, more of a joke aside. If somebody somebody Sam just rocking out guns, man, on the court. I was like, Jesus. What a violent violent thing got going on
1: here, yeah, and then they have the uh, little coach guy smoking cigars, too, <laughs>
0: yeah, other than like some like the banter though between like on the golf course with like race maybe, and some of the calls that getting beat by girls and like you know it's the they wouldn't be you know banter in, in today's films, but they still be like questioned, I guess because it's you know,
1: yeah, no that i i I'm glad. Cause I looked when I, I watched this whole movie and nothing really jumped out to me. I know we'd said like the, the the Larry's not white, Larry's clear. So really today you can't even address that someone's white or not white. So there was some stuff, but I looked up online uh, like, you know, parent reviews of this movie and there were some people complaining about it. And this movie has things that would bother people that are way too sensitive, in my opinion. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, you have to be looking for stuff like this is one of those things where parents get upset about stuff where like the kids don't even know what it means so
0: oh yeah so, some of the, some of my favorite parts were like the adult jokes like the pulp fiction reference when they're holding guns up to the screen like those was really cool yeah well you know then there's like charles Barkley's you know talking his <laughs> confessions those were all like pretty funny and more for the adult side of the audience so it's like it's i feel like if you're making a film like this
1: that's a perfect example the charles Barkley thing where he talks about like he won't date madonna is that what he says date right. madonna. yes I, I, I promise i won't date madonna again <laughs> if you're if you're 10 years old you don't even know what that means right so it's a perfect joke because it goes way above kids and it's not that inappropriate anyway so um yeah i i was glad that this came up and i'm glad that we have this category because i when we did boondock saints i mentioned how the the racist and the, the homophobic yeah, stuff that like, I, right that's a whole
0: way. right i wouldn't ever ever like you know that would That 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 part was cringeworthy in that movie. This was kinda like this is more of like a a lighthearted playfulness, I guess. It's a complete different complete difference.
1: And if you're looking for a reason to get offended, you'll get offended. But if you're not, I don't see anything in this movie that 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 would get you, in my opinion. So um yeah, some other random facts about the movie. So we talked about this a little bit. So in the beginning, uh, Daffy suggests naming the team, the ducks bugs, bugs bunny asked, what kind of Mickey Mouse organization would name their team, the ducks. And that was a dig at the Anaheim ducks of the NHL, obviously, uh, which were established by the Walt Disney uh, company. And the movie pokes some subtle, some other subtle jabs at Disney. And ironically, um, it would first air on network TV as part of ABC's wonderful world of Disney. So that's quite the turn. So, um, also based on what we were just saying it's the first animated film to have been edited for content for tv airings this is the first looney tunes film to be rated pg uh which is applied to all films in the franchise since both theatrical and since both theatrical and non-theatrical so kind of turned the page a little bit for disney they got crazy with it but i think really it's just people get easily people get easier and easier to offend
0: yeah, there are a lot of really cool, like, call other calls too, like, uh, to Chuck Jones, those, uh, uh, CJ's toys, um, shop in the background. One of the scenes, yeah, then yep. there's the, um, which I actually didn't know about this one right here, which is pretty cool. I knew about them, but this one, the Leon, I'm gonna, Leon Schlesinger, yes, I didn't know about that. That was kind of cooling up on this side, I didn't how... either.
1: Yeah, I didn't there's either.
0: A, in one of the scenes, there's a gym with his last name on there, yeah, and he was the head of Warren Brothers.
1: Yes. Yep. Oh, they. I'm sorry.
0: Warner Brothers Animation Studios. I should clarify. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Um, uh, This film was also the debut of Lola Bunny, Bugs' love interest. So, which that actually surprised me because I just feel like she's been around forever, but apparently not. So, um, the concept of the movie originated from a series of highly popular Nike ads where Bugs Bunny and Michael Jordan faced off against Marvin the Martian and his alien henchmen in and, and, uh, basketball. When I was a kid, I was a huge Marvin the Martian guy. Not even joking. I had like, you know you know when you're a kid and um, you tell your parents something, like, and then that's – they tell your aunts and uncles that. So, like, that's all your aunts and uncles. They're like, what does is, what is Joe want for Christmas? And then your parents are like, oh, Joe likes Marvin the Martian. And you got, like, Marvin the Martian pajamas for, like, yep. ten years Forever. straight. Forever. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was me with uh with Marvin the Martian. So uh, this is actually surprising to me. I didn't know Bill Murray was this tall. Bill Murray's six two. And oh, I know that either. Yeah. He talked about how he felt like a little kid around MJ and, and Larry Bird. Because Michael Jordan's six six, Larry Bird's six nine. I think even in Boston, people forget Larry Bird's a monster. He's not just a great obviously he was a great player, but um he's a monster. And Bill Murray accepted this role in the movie. After expressing regret and missing out on a chance to star in another animated live-action film, do you know what it was? I don't. Uh, Who framed Roger Rabbit?
0: I was just gonna say I don't know many others. Like I was gonna say, there's also that Don Knotts film. There's a uh, that's awesome. I realized that. Well, I'm happy it went the way it did because that movie's perfect too. Same. Framed Roger Rabbit, but that's really cool that I know that.
1: Yep. And the hat that Bill Murray is wearing at the Bulls game at the end of the movie is the St. Saint Paul Saints, a minor league baseball team of which Murray was a part owner at the time.
0: Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I noticed this more like in my own, you know, as I was watching it, but more of like a, just a funny, I don't, I wouldn't call it Blunder because it's, like, it's an animated film, so it doesn't even matter. But when uh, they're talking about how Michael needs his sneakers, they show all the characters barefoot but then they show you somebody sitting in the background wearing his boots, but they do like yeah. bring him into the focus in the foreground. So he's just kind of like,
1: <laughs> yep. I was like, yep.
0: man, dude, they couldn't like put him on the side a little bit more to hide that. But I thought that was a little funny.
1: Let's, I have a, I have a solid opinion on this and I hope, uh, I, I, I don't want to say I hope we're on, we have different opinions, but what's your favorite scene?
0: All right. So <laughs> this can go like, again, talking about how we, how we see this film, whether well, it's for the, the kids or the adult side, but man, seeing Michael like in the beginning as a kid, I loved him and his dad. I know like that would never be the focus of the film, but that was awesome seeing. And from there on out, I prefer personally the live action stuff. I'm sure, you know, five-year-old Joe would have been like, you're crazy. We won't work <clears throat> Pugs Bunny. But I loved the um, live action stuff. So, you know.
1: No, that was the same thing for me.
0: Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. as as an adult, like watching it now, like Bugs, the Bugs, myself is cool. And I liked it cause I still like Looney Tunes. I still, you know, on occasion, if I see it on TV, I might stop and watch it. But the adult side of things, like seeing Michael, I, I love the jokes between like him kind of retiring, playing baseball, and like, going back. Like, I love how they transitioned his uh, re entering the NBA because of this movie.
1: <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah. And the, and the reason I love that, uh, my favorite scene by far, in this movie was the opening scene yeah mine too and honestly there's there's not even really like a close second and that's not a knock on the rest of the movie it's so it opens with i believe i can fly playing combined with a kid playing basketball by himself like just you know like every kid ever except for michael jordan it worked out because he's the greatest basketball player ever but like every kid's done that whether it was like for me it was like playing street hockey or whatever and just dreaming of playing college and pro and the cool moment with his dad, which is extra touching, when you realize that his dad was murdered right around this time. So, right. And I should, I
0: should know he played baseball. So, like that was yes. like watching this again as an adult. I was like, I never knew that. So that was a cool little. You never nod know. Not on why. Uh, his father.
1: Oh. Oh. Okay.
0: Yeah, I never knew. He, I never knew his father played baseball. So, like, I don't know if that was his real life inspiration to join the baseball league or the uh, MLB. But like, if it was, like, that's. Oh, it totally cooler.
1: was. It was totally. Like yeah, his like dad died I, I, and. Yeah, I
0: always kind of like riffed on him for playing baseball, but watching it now, like that's like that's coming up to the reason holding respect for Jordan playing be- uh, baseball.
1: Spur of the moment trivia question: Who was his coach in uh, when he played minor league baseball? No idea. <laughs> Terry Francona. Really? Yeah. Oh, yep. cool! I didn't know yep. that. Yep, Red Sox, oh four <laughs> World Series champion. So yeah, no, I, I, um, the the opening scene of this movie was. I was, like, thinking crazy thoughts when I was watching this. I was like, because I knew, I knew roughly how much I was going to like the movie. And I was actually right this time, unlike some of the other movies. But um, that was one of the better opening scenes of any movie that we've done, really. I, I, the other movie that I was talking about today, because uh, one of the other podcasts that I listened to did it, because I think yesterday was the 20-year anniversary of Gladiator with Russell Crowe. And the opening scene of Gladiator is pretty freaking amazing too. But this one was this is so good. It was yeah.
0: And I this soundtrack we'll get to in a little while. I loved it. And when I would play when I would play basketball, at this came out. I would play that song over and over again.
1: Let's get like, to it right now. Let's get to it right now. Talk about the soundtrack. It. Go ahead. It's
0: so good, man. Like the Space Jam's main theme is so good. Like this is like the best collaboration of sports anthems. And I still have. They released like this anniversary record. I went in line for our local bull mo- uh a record store called bull Moose Music. I went in line for a record store a day to pick up, and man, like some of the, the just the, the songs that like, you hyped up, or are, they're all so good and they all are still playing like in basketball arenas, and it is it has aged so well the soundtrack. If so, I could score it, it'd be a perfect score. <laughs> like, yeah, that, no, the that,
1: soundtrack's A plus.
0: Yeah, the composed stuff is. You know, minimal, but all the licensed music and the theme song and "I Believe I Can Fly," man, top uh, of stuff.
1: Seal's version of "Fly Like an Eagle," yes. Quad City DJs, D'Angelo, Monica, Salt and Pepper, all for one. I think that this movie would have done e- done well either way, but the soundtrack was such a huge boost. I think the soundtrack did more for this film than any, other, any of the other films we've talked about, except for maybe Top Gun. And that's not... The Top Gun soundtracks... It's more of a... The Top Gun needed the soundtrack. You know, the Top <laughs> It And it, it's really good, too. But the top, top Gun needed more help than Space Jam did. I know that's, like, blasphemy to some people, but...
0: Yeah, come on. You don't think the a goofy movie? the You don't think that?
1: <laughs> this, Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways. No, no. The only... Go ahead.
0: No, the soundtrack, like you said, though, it's it's one of those things that it, it was made to get you hyped up. So it's, I don't know, it's, it is so relevant to, in, in 2020 than it was in 1996. It's,
1: it was made to get you hyped up, and it did do that, but it also has just, like, good music. Like It does. You know, Seal's just a talented dude. Like, you know what I mean? And, and a bunch of the people on there, so... Um, I'm going to kind of segue into something else. But so we both liked the movie. If you could change one thing, what would you change?
0: Again, this kind of goes, I, the way I word this, it goes into what I talked about before my favorite scene. I, adult Joe loves live action stuff and Kid Joe loved Bugs Bunny. So I would love to see more background of Michael Jordan. Now as an adult, because I learned some stuff now that I didn't know going into this movie like the baseball stuff like I knew he played baseball but I not know the reason why so yep. like seeing this now I wish it was more of him and hanging out with Larry Bird and even Charles Barkley like <laughs> we see him now and he's hilarious like now uh, doing his um the post and pregame show Yep. but seeing him on screen in 96 like watching it now he's still hilarious I wish we had more of like the NBA players getting screen time um, oh, Ch-
1: that that goes back to what I was saying earlier about this being the peak of my NBA fandom because it had guys like Charles Barkley and and Shaq and whatever, and they all had personalities. And I'm not saying right. I don't watch basketball enough now to to say that I like you know a real basketball fan could be like oh you know name a hundred people that are so funny in the NBA, but. This just seemed like the peak of characters, in in like in a characters like in a goofy way, or in an MJ way, where he was just so focused that, that he would kill you if it if it you know got him a point and everything, but you know yeah, it, that no. that's part of it.
0: Absolutely, and I guess my if I could take one thing away from this for a least favorite, it'd be just not enough of that.
1: So, my one thing I would take away is way less thought out than yours. The one, thing, the one thing, if I could change one thing, I would probably remove Wayne Knight from this movie.
0: Okay, um, I, I actually agree with that.
1: Because I know he does a lot of like voice work for kids' movies, but he just creeps me out. No no offense to Wayne, and I'm sure he's like the greatest guy and, you know, whatever. He's
0: annoying but, this movie too. He actually was annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, but it's—he's like the character supposed to be annoying. I,
0: and I get that. Like, that might have been too much of him, you know, but... <laughs>
1: But he, he himself is just like creepy to me. I don't know what it is. He just, I think of him as uh, like, I don't know, in every movie, he just plays just a creepy, I don't know. So I came up though with some possible substitutes on a run by you. So this is, this, be, is
0: this for 96 for people who are like alive in 96? Yes. So, okay. Yes.
1: So this would be you're shooting for the moon, but you know, you got to think MJ's in it. Maybe if they had. Some they felt like this is going to be a decent thing, and Tom Hanks. That'd be interesting. All right, Tom Hanks. I got two more for you Philip Seymour Hoffman.
0: I feel like he's just too good for this movie. (laughs) He's what Tom Hanks is like, Tom Hanks is like really good, like in his cartoony, like. Role but man, Philip Seymour Hoffman. I feel like he's just like too good for this movie. <laughs> too good? How
1: he was? Think of him in *Along Came Polly*. He was. Funny. I,
0: I know that's all Rain I can think of, th- and that's all I can think of. If, like when it comes to comedy and Philip Seymour Hoffman, it's all I can really think of. But not all right, I, I, well, <laughs>
1: okay, I got a. I got my third choice. It's a little bit more. Got a little bit more. uh A lot more comedic talent than pretty much anyone on earth. The late great Robin Williams. Oh yeah.
0: No, that's yeah. that'd be the dream casting for sure. That's the
1: one. All right, yeah, that's
0: the one. Yeah, I thought you were gonna other- up Chris Farley or something because like, we've been so like hung up on you know Chris Farley in the SNL days. I thought you're gonna have Chris Farley in that list somewhere.
1: No, but you know what it is though. It, it it is. It's good that you brought that up because that brings up or that kind of points out how good David Spade is in Tommy Boy because David Spade p- kind of plays like a like whiny, like no, sniveling little guy but he's funny and he's entertaining Wayne Knight's just creepy Wayne Knight's like that guy who you I should I should stop saying Wayne Knight because I'm sure he's a nice guy ever but the character <laughs> just <laughs> for a kid's movie like if I if I if I had a son and he were like I grew up playing hockey and my son was like all right I'm gonna go in the locker room and I was like okay and then I saw Wayne Knight walk in after my kid I'd be like I'm going in with my kid I don't, I don't trust that guy <laughs> something poor, about him. Or Wayne, man. <laughs> yeah, I know he probably he's probably the sweetest guy ever. But um, and then the other thing that I have, this is an unrealistic thing, but anyway, we could have someone other than R. Kelly saying, "I believe I can fly." I <laughs> know, I know.
0: <laughs> this hasn't aged very well, like, and that song is so good. And I'm like, man. Like, what was
1: what was Brian McKnight doing? You couldn't have him. In I, <laughs>
0: I I know. Is, was R. Kelly normal '96? I don't even know. Was he normal? Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay.
1: Dude, I remember. I remember where i was the first time i heard about r kelly's like creepiness i was at my friend andrew's house in lawrence and he started talking about it and i was like what are you talking about like i couldn't believe it and then turns out it was true and this this would have been in like 2004 or something so anyway back to positives oh i have i have a before we get into the rating i have a Surprise question for you. I just want oh, free at <laughs> No, 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 no. It's just an opinion thing. So, All right. what are your thoughts on the sequel?
0: I mean, I don't. I'm not a big fan of LeBron James. Uh, I don't like the uh, the title of that new legacy. I don't. I you, you know what they're going after, and I don't yep. like that. And I think it's. I. It would be nice to bring Leutons into another generation. Because that's what it did in '96. It brought cartoons into a whole new generation of kids, and like that'd be cool to see that part of it. But I don't know. Like the whole Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate is going on forever. And this is like another like clear attempt to keep that debate going. I feel like yeah. You know. So I hope this movie sucks so I can be like Michael Jordan's it will. movies better.
1: <laughs> it will. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. My this this whole thing thinking about LeBron um, doing that movie, doing Space Jam 2, it sums up why LeBron will never be Michael because like Michael wasn't trying to be the next anyone. He was just trying to win and he became the greatest of all time. And Le- and LeBron just wants to, it's so, it's so sad. Like, and I'm not talking about, I'm not a basketball coach. You could tell me that, you know, if LeBron played MJ one-on-one, he'd win. I don't care. It doesn't, it doesn't matter to me. It's just, I'm so done. LeBron's so into himself and not in like an MJ way where like MJ wanted to win and he would, you know, do anything to win. LeBron just wants everyone to look at him. And it's yeah. so, I refuse and, to see this movie.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Like even like recent comments, like I don't want to get into like politics and all that, but with the whole China protests happening, he took China's side when people are processing like their lives basically. And I thought that was from there, on out, like I, I didn't respect, I didn't really like LeBron James before that, but I lost complete, I lost all respect for him when he took China's side because that's where his biggest money maker is, basically.
1: And he's like, just, he's, go ahead.
0: No, no, yeah, that's. I was just pretty much gonna say, like, from there on out, like that's just where I lost respect for him completely.
1: He's a horrible combination of someone who's really dumb, who thinks he's really smart, and it's because he's never, his whole life, he's been this golden boy athlete. And no one's ever told him no. No one's ever, you know, said like, hey, maybe you should stick to basketball. Or maybe there are things outside of basketball that he's really smart. Other ways he's smart. But like, yeah, world politics and whatever, probably not not at the top of the list. So oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's it. That's the that's my surprise question. So we're to the end. We're to the rating. And do, do we say I go first because you picked it?
0: Yeah, you go first. <laughs> How, how's the beer on curiosity? Your, oh. Your- your answer to that
1: it's so yeah no i said it at the beginning but i've been drinking it the whole time okay. it's so good awesome. highly recommend it they have another one too um uh, oh, i can't think of what it's called i want to say oj or something like that and i have i've had one of those it's a double ipa though so it's, it's a little stronger but it's really good
0: was it on the local brewery
1: yeah lone, they're in uh they're in maine oh cool okay oh so, yeah so this one's really good i think i like this one a little bit better because it's a, just it's just an ipa it's not a double ipa so i got in this a few of the movies we did i would pick up a beer and i would be like, oh this is such a good pick and it'll be a double ipa it'd be delicious but then like if i drank one while we were recording and i started drinking the other one i've been like cutting down on eating a lot and so some of these podcasts like half hour into it i'm like okay i'm not like i'm not drunk but i'm like i feel that i should probably put the beer down so um yeah i know but the beer's delicious so <clears throat> you pick this one so i'm gonna rate it first okay i i think i was pretty spot on with how i thought i was gonna view this movie um it's really entertaining and like we said we rate it as if we had a kid or were a kid if i had a kid i would totally take him to this movie and it would probably be one of the better movies that i had to sit through as a parent um i i enjoyed watching it i enjoyed i love bill murray um i unlike i had no ties to the goofy stuff when i was a kid i never watched goofy movie goofy cartoons goofy anything i did grow up watching looney tunes so i enjoyed that um, for me it is a three out of five.
0: Oh, okay so that's pretty close to mine very good. Right. Yeah, the first time we're actually like on the same page. I feel like well, no, yeah. we were we were last week too. I, we were last week too. Um,
1: yeah, it was just a bad page. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I, I I agree. Like I I did like Disney growing up uh, growing up, and I still do. I love Looney Tunes growing up, and I still do. So it's kind of funny revisiting this movie after being away from it for so long. I remember a lot of the scenes. I remember as a kid liking the Bugs Bunny stuff more. Uh, watching it now, I love the adult stuff way more. So it's kind of funny seeing that contrast and the jokes that you understand as an adult and they they a like a job kind of carrying the both audiences. Uh, so I would give it a 3.5 out of five.
1: That's fair. That's, yeah. yeah that's, 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 a, that's a good score. I agree with that. It, it, it's, and it's, it's not too long. It's, you know, we always talk about that. It's, it's a perfect length for this movie.
0: And what I liked this movie too. What the last one we didn't do is they actually had to focus on basketball. Sure. was <laughs> cartoony. But pretty much the entire second half of the film is a basketball game.
1: Yes. And um, also to compare it to to bring up a goofy movie again. I mentioned when we reviewed reviewed that, that that movie needed more stuff to bring adults into it. Because you got to, you know, factor in that you got to, the the parents aren't going to love the movie, but something to keep them. Entertained a little bit. This movie had that with with some of the jokes with Bill Murray is hilarious, and yeah, no. For a kids movie, this is, was very good for me. So yep, beer was delicious. Uh, in closing, well, actually, before we in closing, now it's my turn to pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yep. I went, yep, yep. I went back and forth on what I was going to pick for this one, um, and I feel like we haven't past few weeks or maybe even. I don't know how many episodes we haven't shown any love to the '80s for a little while. So I mentioned last week that or our last episode that Brie and I were watching "Clear and Present Danger," not the not an '80s movie. That's a '90s movie. But uh, so I just started thinking about how Harrison Ford is the man, and I was like, "No, you know what? Next time we're going to do Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark, the oh, 1981 man. film." Fuck, we're going with a classic, let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited. I love that movie. I love that series of the first three at least. And uh yeah, so that's what we'll be reviewing next week. Unless someone follows us on Instagram and sends us a message and uh with a suggestion, a reasonable suggestion. Please don't Uh, though. Yeah, yeah. But if but if you do, you do cut ahead to the front of the line. But um so suggestions are always welcome, welcome. Follow us on Instagram, we're at the late fee. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll be, we'll be back, uh, in a few days recording the next one. And thank you guys very much for listening
0: as always. Thanks guys.